Blitz Period is a production of BNM Media and brought to you by Sooners360.com. Make sure to go follow Jalen at Sooner Sports Daily on Instagram and at underscore Jalen Ross on Twitter. guys welcome back to the blitz period and for the first time we finally have a championship edition of the show to record uh recording this after the uh softball girls get the job done in oklahoma city they win their third straight national championship patty gasso seventh and uh, i know i haven't done a lot of softball talk here on the show which that is my fault of course because um yeah things happen but uh Sooners get the job done against Florida State. They win it three to one. A uh, a ladies sweep in Oklahoma City, and uh, it was a it was it was an interesting game today. Uh, it was zero zero for most most of the game, and then Sydney Sanders just uh, launched one out of the park. Well, Florida State struck first, and then Sydney Sanders hit one out of the park, which put the Sooners in the game, and then it was history from there. So. Um, I mean, what a series it was for the squad. Jordy Ball just had an exceptional overall series. She won most outstanding player for the uh, for the W or for the championship series, but she was exceptional throughout the whole series. I know there was a stat out there earlier that she had like more runs. She ran more runs than I think. I don't remember. I got to look up the stat. Some of y'all listening to this probably know what stat I'm talking about. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up. But uh, anyway, uh, Alex Rocco got the start today, her final collegiate game. And she uh, she improved to 18-0 on the season. She's undefeated on the year. And she only allowed three hits and one run throughout the season. She got her first start for the first time in a long time today. And uh, she did really well for the most part. And then uh, Kirsten Dill came in after her. I'm sorry. Jordy Ball came in after her and closed out the game. And of course, she did what Jordy Ball does. So, um, yeah, that's what it was. Jordy Ball scored more as a pinch runner than she allowed pitching. So she scored more than scores gave up, giving up. You get what I'm trying to say. But um, I can't talk enough about Jordy Ball. I mean, she's she's exceptional. She's the best. She's one of the best players in the country, probably the best player in the country, if we want to be honest. Um, very well could have been a finalist for national player of the year like she she's exceptional we've already known that for a while jada coleman had an exceptional catch uh, at the bottom of the third which got brett venable's attention if many of you guys saw that post on my instagram about uh dude said he had better ball she had better ball skills than billy bowman so you know it's interesting when your head coach is calling out your secondary but anyway um yeah, Jada Coleman's just been doing. That. I mean, and and I think it was uh Aaron Miller, if I'm not mistaken, whoever it was on the radio broadcast who said like, we're used to Jada doing that, but it's it's still amazing every time she does it because it seems like she has one of those every game, but each time it's just like, this this girl's unreal. Um, so yeah, but anyway, um. Like I said, there's not really much to be said about this team. I think the dominant speaks for itself. The, the I mean, you win 53 games in a row. It's one of the greatest runs in the history of college sports, probably in the history of sports. Well, I say probably. Definitely one of the greatest runs in the history of sports. Uh, when you look at women's college sports, it, it's an interesting dynamic because I know the big scuffle on Twitter right now and really just across all social media is people coming up with every which excuse they can think of 
as to why Oklahoma is so dominant. And they will tell you every single thing, except for the fact that this is a team that was loaded with talent. I mean, they got seven All-Americans on the squad. You had the Big 12 Player of the Year on your team. You had two girls that very well could have been National Player of the Year uh, uh, winners, really. So they will come up with any and everything that does not give a credit to the talent that Oklahoma is surrounded with. I mean, we've read things like, oh, the fact that they play in Oklahoma City. And and I'll, I'll admit that is a bit of an advantage. Like, I don't think that gives you the win, because if that was the case, Oklahoma would have won the national title every year. Like, you got to remember, this this run started five years ago. This wasn't something that was, like, sick because i'm pretty sure the wcws has been in oklahoma city since the 90s if i'm not mistaken and if that was the case like i said oklahoma would win every single championship but they haven't i mean ucla's got a couple arizona's got a few like there have been different teams florida state won one a few years ago like there it 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 changes but for people to use this as an excuse i think one that's kind of dumb and then or that kind of is dumb uh two you saw things where people talking about like um you know <laughs> those girls got to be on something that's illegal or whatever it's a bunch of different things that people come up with we've seen this time and time again where people just don't like greatness they don't like winning and like as OU fans, we can sit here and we can scream and holler at people that disagree with how good OU softball is. And I'm not saying this is comparable, but like this is kind of what some of us do in football. When Alabama was going on those runs where they were just too good, I think a lot of us would come up with reasons that did not give them credit for how talented they were to say why they were so good, like, oh, well, they're paying these guys, which, I mean, we kind of all know it's true, but they're paying these guys to go to school here or when it was when it was illegal. Uh, they're, they're doing this, they're doing that, but we won't say, well, this team is just really good because they're really well coached or they got all this talent. We're all guilty of that, but for people to be like, this is one of the main things I've seen tonight, and if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw me tweet about this. One of the main things I saw tonight was like people saying, well, it's bad for the game that Oklahoma's winning year in and year out, or people are complaining that OU's winning every year and it's not good for the sport. Well, here's the deal. First of all, if you're tired of Oklahoma winning every year, the solution's really simple. Just beat them. Like, I know that sounds very smart and and what and I mean like I know I sound like a smart aleck, but it's really that simple. Like, if you're tired of this team winning, beat them. Just like it is in football. You get tired of Alabama winning. Well, Georgia said, all right, cool. They're going to go out and beat them. And they're do they're doing it. And now Georgia's probably getting ready to turn into the next dynasty. Uh, you know, I mean, LSU in that one year. You know, uh, uh, basketball. I mean, co women's college basketball was you know, ran by UConn and Tennessee and Pat Summit's teams that she had. And Gino, uh, I can never pronounce his last name right. But UConn, bas UConn women's basketball. They've been dominant for a long time. And they were exceptionally dominant back in the day. So if you get tired of watching the same team win over and over, here's the other thing you do. And this is another thing that kind of ties in with like the Alabama, Georgia thing, because with Georgia, it's like this. I'm going to just talk football for a sec. With football, it's like this. Georgia, Kirby Smart's obviously the head coach. Kirby Smart came up under Nick Saban. He coached under Nick Saban. Pretty much everywhere he's been. I mean, he coached under Nick Saban at Miami, coached under him at LSU, 
coach under him at Alabama. Now he's at Georgia and he's taken Nick Saban's blueprint and he's implemented at Bama. Everybody knows that. It's not a secret to anybody. Well, now you see how that's working. The man just won back-to-back national championships. He's probably getting ready to go win another one this year. He's had dominant defenses. He has literally built a carbon copy of Alabama. So when you look at this and you're like, man, we're tired of these teams winning. We're tired of Oklahoma just winning every year. One thing you would think that these other programs are going to do is try to, I mean, as crazy as it may sound, get on Oklahoma's level. And I mean that like you try to, because Oklahoma now, they're the standard in college softball. They have been, but they are, as, as it stands now, they are the standard in college softball. Each team is going to look at Oklahoma and say, what can we do better than them? Or what can we do to match up with them to where we get to the point where we can win? Because the thing about Florida State was like, I thought Florida State was the one team that was going to get them. Like, I figured that this this series would go into tomorrow because, and I mean, we saw it early on in the game. Florida State struck first. It was a 0-0 game for a minute. Like, yeah. So, but anyway, back to my discussion, like, you would think some of these teams, and, and they probably are. I'm not blaming the teams. It's really the fans that are the ones that are just whining and complaining about how Oklahoma's too good. But like, if you if you're tired of that, maybe your team should just beat them. And 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 it's crazy as that may sound. It it really is that simple. It's just like the one tweet that I saw that came from this one account that was supposed to be so called supporting women's athletics and. Uh, it's like the United Women's Athletic Association or something like that. And I don't want to call them out because I'm sure they mean well. But it's just it was it was a pretty stupid thing that they tweeted out something about how they tweeted the part where I said that it's not good for the sport that there's one team dominating every year. So that's really what my whole point is. They say it's not good for the sport. But here's the thing. Softball, the sport of softball, not just OU softball, the sport in general, and I can claim, I can say this personally, the sport of softball has taken off in recent years, especially around Oklahoma. But just in general, softball right now is a hot commodity. People watch it. Don't listen to idiots on Twitter who tell you it's not a sport. Viewership for the WCWS has been up, up and up through for the last three, four years. Uh, and just for me personally, like going to a high school where we've had a dominant high school program, a high school softball program as well at Southmore, like those girls at Southmore winning and having all that talent. I wanted to go watch them play. I didn't care about softball that much a long time ago. And it had nothing to do with the fact that it was a women's sport or anything. I don't care about all that. It was just like, it never piqued my interest. But when I saw, Oh, Oh, you's pretty freaking good. They go out and they win it. They had Lauren Chamberlain and Kalani Ricketts. They're going out and they're going and winning championships. Okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, and then that one year where Shay Knighton just went off in that like game that was on until like 3 AM. I don't even remember. But I think that was like 2017. I remember watching that. But like going to a school where we have a dominant softball program as well, I wanted to go watch them in the state championship. And when I did, I was like, oh, these games are fun. This energy is great. The atmosphere is electric. Like this is pretty fun stuff to watch. So now you look at Oklahoma, who's been dominating the sport. And in the last three years, they've had not only great, they not only have won, but they've had great players. You've got Jada Coleman, you've had Jocelyn Allo, you've had uh you've had 
I mean, I can't forget names, obviously, but you've had just all these different names that have just been exceptional. And then, and now you look at this across the state of Oklahoma, it's piqued everyone's interest in softball because now if you go to an OU football game, which is obviously what the school is known for, but you go to an OU football game, they show Patty Gasso on that big screen. They show Jada Coleman. They show Tiari Jennings, whoever they show a grace lines, whatever they show anybody on that big screen related to softball. There's going to be a loud reaction because people are more interested in it now. People want to watch. And the reason why is because of Oklahoma, whether you like it or not, it's like people watch this team play. And some people hate the fact that they're such an energetic, charismatic, enthused team. And people will say, well, they're arrogant. They're cocky. They're this, they're taunting. They're doing all this. You don't ever see them getting somebody's face when they run a base. You don't see Riley Boone running the base and getting in one of the players faces and say, yeah, yeah. You don't ever see that. They're just celebrating with themselves. They're letting their emotions be shown, even though people hate that, but it's the truth. Anyway, They've made the sport, I get like the sport's always been fun, I'm pretty sure, but just for someone that's been what that's now started becoming interested in, in the last few years, like they've made the sport fun to watch. So now people are people are tuned in because they want to watch this team play. They want to watch this dominance. Even people like in my own family in the last few months have told me, like, man, we've been watching that OU softball. Like they those girls, man, they got so people are paying attention to this. To this team, people are paying attention to this sport because you have a team that is dominating year in and year out. You can't say it's bad for the sport just because you don't like it. If was Tiger Woods bad, uh, Blinken Riley, my man on Twitter, put this in perspective in an awesome way. If I said that sentence wrong, but anyway, he put this in an awesome way. Tiger Woods wasn't bad for golf. Because here's the deal. Now, I, I wasn't alive when Tiger Woods first started, when he first came out, but like Golf wasn't golf was a popular sport. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but golf wasn't just what it is now. Tiger Woods literally changed the game of golf. Like golf used to be a game where it was a bunch of old rich men who played it and they they had beer guts and they looked like they didn't work out a day in their life, but they were really dominant at this sport. Tiger Woods comes along. He's this young guy wearing all these Nike fits and these, and these nice uh, shirts and hats and whatever. He's looking like a young stud. He's winning the masters at 21 years old, one of the most prestigious tournaments and sports. And now more people are interested in golf. More people are watching the sport. And I can say this, like, I don't want to bring race into it, but like watching a, a young black dude, win a golf tournament like the Masters at his age, that revitalized an interest in the sport from a lot of us, from a lot of people in our culture. So they're watching the sport. And now now taking away from that, like you've got more people, more young people now want to watch golf. More young people started to play golf. People started to to dress a lot different. They started to take their 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 bodies serious because like I said, golf was a sport where it was a bunch of dudes that just looked like they didn't work out. Now you've got these dudes. I don't know if any of y'all watched Full Swing on Netflix, but like you see things like Brooks Kepa Brooks Kepka, Brooks Kepka, and and Roy McIlroy, and all these guys, they're in the weight room. They're uh, Colin Morikawa. They're in the weight room. They're doing all these different things, working out, doing all this different stuff for golf. And most of that starts with the fact that you had a guy like Tiger Woods, who was a great example of a young dude who went out and did it and took care of his business. Serena Williams in tennis, the same way. 
I don't know how many people watch tennis, but when she was dominating the sport, people tuned in because she was that good. Now, these are individual uh, honors that I'm naming, of course, but like when someone's dominant at something, you're going to want to watch it. And you're going to have your haters. I mean, I think every person I know can't stand the Yankees, but the Yankees used to be a dynasty. The Yankees used to be the team, but everybody hates them. And I, of course, they have the reasons. But like the Bulls, for instance, in the 90s, I'm pretty sure there were people that couldn't stand the Bulls. But now when you look at it now, a lot of people nowadays, if you ask them, why did you like, why did you get into basketball? What, what was the first basketball team you loved? Or who was it that really piqued your interest in basketball? They're going to say Michael Jordan. They're going to say the Chicago Bulls. It's probably going to happen. If you ask anyone that's in their, what, 40s, maybe 30s, 40s, or I'm probably off on that. But if you ask anyone in that age range, they're probably going to tell you that because that's the time that they grew up. So, I mean, it's the same thing with the whole point about Nick Saban in Alabama. Like, and, and this is another thing that Blinken said in this tweet that I really loved. He said, people doing incredible things is what create fans. And that's the truth. You're not going to watch something if you have no interest in it. Just like I said, with like kind of like for me in golf, I didn't care about golf a few years ago, but I'm a big Tiger Woods fan. But like, I didn't care to just sit down and watch a golf tournament. Because it's like, if I don't know what's going on, why do I just want to sit here and watch this? But if I'm watching Tiger, I'm good. Because I know this brother is just dominant. But now, in the last few years, I've started to take it more serious. That Since he's slowed down and he's not, he doesn't have a lot left in the tank, I'm seeing these guys like Brooks Kepka and, and John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler and all these young dudes coming along. And like I'm actually tuned in and watching these guys now whenever they tee off. I'm sitting here watching some golf stuff because I got interest in it now because I've watched great players. So... And, and just like kind of what I said with softball. So, I mean, it, it really all depends on it, 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 you, you've created what Oklahoma softball has done as is not only created the dynasty, but they've created an interest in the sport from people who probably didn't care about it that much. So to discredit what they've done, because you're bitter about the fact that your team probably can't compete with those girls. It's a disgrace. You can't be you can't claim to support women's athletics and then get mad when one of those women's athletics programs are just dominant. That's what you should want. You should want a women's athletics program to be just so good that everybody and their dog is tuned in. So, you know, rant over, but I just thought about that because it like the whole argument was just kind of stupid to me to for people to act like that is just not a good thing that these girls are so good. I, I just don't see a point in that, but um, yeah, season comes to a close. Patty Gasso's what tied for, or no, she's one behind uh, for the most championships by a head coach in softball. Uh, she's behind Arizona's head coach, uh, Mike. Oh goodness. I forgot the guy's name. Uh Mike Kendra, actually, sorry, I don't know how I messed that up, but uh, uh, who has eight championships? So hey, four Pete coming up soon, probably. But which, and that's the amazing thing about it too. I mean, Jada Coleman's got another year. Tiara Jennings has another year. Um, Jordy obviously has another year. They're bringing in Tia Malloy, whose sister was Tennessee's best player. Uh, I think her name's Kiki Malloy, and also the daughter of uh, NFL Hall of Famer Lawyer Malloy. Um, 
and then of course you're gonna have you're gonna have some pickups in the portal in the off season. So I would honestly say just get ready for number four too. Like it, I don't think it's far fetched. And I know Patty Gasso. Patty, and this is just this is an ultimate coach move because I think all coaches would do this. But Patty Gasso is not one of those. It's like just extremely confident about that kind of stuff she's not like yeah we went it four in a row she she's very level-headed and will say like yeah man that stuff can come to bite you and a big reason why this team has been so dominant was because they remember what it felt like losing against baylor and they don't want to feel that again and that's part of why they're so enthusiastic that's part of why they're so you know that's why they're so energetic and all that but you have to give it to them because a big topic that they talked about today, and I think Patty talked about this in her post-game interview, like you, the pressure that was on this team was, was insane. The pressure, pressure that was on these girls, whether it's pressure from just their own fan base or pressure, I mean, the pressure of just being expected to win every time you hit the diamond or pressure from outside fan bases saying that you aren't really who you think you are and all these different things. Like the weight of the world is on their shoulders. Like it, it's great to win 53 games in a row. Don't get me wrong. Like you, you want to go to bed happy at night knowing that all you do is win. But there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. There's a lot of pressure that comes with that because, again, you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. The moment you collapse, it all goes against you. Yeah, your own fan base is going to pick you up. But the moment you collapse, all those fan bases out there that were hating on you and saying that you were too arrogant and cocky and all that, they're going to be laughing in your face when you lose one game. Like, that's just how these people work. So, and, and some of those people are weirdos, but that's just how that works sometimes. But she talked about the pressure that was on them and, and that's that how big that was for them to overcome that. And that is very true. Like she made a that's one of those great coaching decisions was like you're making a choice not to start your ace tonight because, you know, there very well could be a game three and you're going to need her. That's a great coaching decision. It's a tough one, but it's a great one. And Alex Straco goes out. She gets the job done. And she was exceptional tonight. And then Jordy closes it. So, um, you know, just, I mean, again, there's not enough that can be said about this team, um, this program. It's going to be exciting heading into a new stadium in a few years. Um, I think we can all agree Patty Gasso is going to need a statue at some point. I mean, I think who cares if she's still coaching give it to her now like why even wait there's no doubt about that um if they're not gonna name the next stadium after her give her the statue do something she needs something right now because that's just insane she patty is i think uh, you know i might put a post out about this too but I, there's a high chance that she is probably the greatest head coach that's been around oklahoma athletics i mean you it's an argument. I know we all love Bob Stoops and we love Barry Switzer, but let's be honest here. Like seven, seven championships is just outrageous for any, for any coach, for any program. And also how interesting that the seventh national championship for the softball team comes against Florida state, just like the seventh for national for football. So uh, maybe it's a sign for Invincibles, but uh, thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, I think that's about it. Not really anything to really cover on the football end. Oh, actually, no, I lied. There is something I do want to cover on the football end. Uh, and it's not long. I just want to say this. So if a few of you have DM'd me already asking me about like well, my thoughts on recruiting and why does recruiting suck right now and losing Bryant Wesco and Sammy Brown to Clemson, which is honestly, Bryant Wesco to Clemson was definitely interesting. Sammy Brown, not really, but 
Brian Wesco was for sure. Anyway, uh, a lot of y'all are asking, here's the deal, guys. It's literally just like last year. I think some of y'all are forgetting that around this time last year, it was the same thing. A lot of people were doing the same thing, losing their minds because, uh, you know, recruiting, I guess, sucked, if you will, at that point, And it really didn't. But that's the way it appeared. And then in July, they picked up steam. They landed almost every recruit in the country and they put together a really nice class like it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be that same thing where it's slow for now. And then it picks up because you've got your, 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 your entering official visit season champion barbecues coming up next month. David stone will be in. Like I said, I'm pretty sure I, like David stone is, I'm pretty sure he's in Oklahoma right now. That dude's in Oklahoma more than anybody. So, uh, you put two and two together there. Like he ain't in Michigan all the time. He ain't in Florida. Well, he lives in Florida, but, he ain't always in Gainesville. He's in Oklahoma City slash Norman a lot, which I mean, of course, he's from Oklahoma City, but he's still always here. So, I mean, take that as you you take the victories wherever you can get them. So uh, I'm pretty sure that's like once he gets in the boat and you, you, you'll see more happen. I mean, you got Caden Durham, you got Michael Patterson, you've got all these different, excuse me, all these different names. So. Uh, just be patient. Like, it's not going to suck. It ain't going to be just this terrible thing like you all thought it was last year. It's going to pick up in the summer. It's going to pick up during the season. It'll be fine. All these people come up with these theories. Well, recruits saw the six and seven season. And then no, if that was the case, then you probably would have lost your entire class from a year ago. But you just brought in your class this week. That was um that was really freaking good. By the way, I don't think I talked about the transfers of DeJon Terry and Philip Paya, Paya, I think, whatever. Uh, so I'm going to talk about those two real quick. I'm recording this late, so excuse me for relapsing a lot late. But um, it's been the first week of football workouts, so I'm struggling, ladies and gentlemen. Bear with me. Uh, but anyway, uh, DeJon Terry from Tennessee coming in. Um, huge guy just just a large human uh i was told the other day that this man like can literally inhale his food so uh and he's from meridian mississippi which is uh down there in like i'm pretty sure that's like deep mississippi isn't it if i'm not mistaken i think it is uh but he's 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 like six four three twenty two so uh and he had a really productive year for tennessee a year ago so um that's a guy I think that's going to come in and contribute. Now, as far as this Phillip kid from Utah State, I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to contribute much. Like, I say that because he's been in college for a long time, and I think he's only started maybe three games, and two of those games weren't even on defense. So, uh, I'm not expecting him to come in and just be like some massive contributor, but he's a huge guy. So maybe he's just a guy that's expected to fill gaps and open up holes for guys like, um, for, um, uh, uh Grayson Halton's or Devon Sears or, uh, uh, PJ at a bar. I don't care. Name a name. Um, they're, they're basically just gap fillers pause, but, uh, yeah, that's really about it for today on the football end. So, uh, we're going to try to get, as much out as we can this summer thank the lord that big 12 media days is coming up next month and i can talk about more football um i'm gonna try to get some stuff from workouts and all that which i mean i don't really know how much i can get because i want to tell you you know who's all dying and who isn't but 
yeah, that's about it. Softball dominates. That's over. Baseball got eliminated last week, so that's over. Basketball, not much happening on that end, so it's a pretty quiet time. Uh, I will be out next week. I will tell you that now, so uh, don't expect anything next week. Probably won't be a lot of content on the page either because I'll be out, but I will uh, see. We'll, we'll have a staff, quote, staff meeting, unquote, so... um yeah, we'll get all the pieces together. But thank you guys for tuning in today. Make sure you share the podcast with your friends. Leave a rating, leave a review, do all those things. Leave a review too. Like, man, if you thought it sucked, let me know. I want to hear your thoughts. Follow the Blitz period on Instagram and Twitter, and I will see you all when I see you. Thank you for listening to the Blitz period with Jalen Ross, presented by BNM Media and Sooners360.com. Make sure to go follow Jalen at Sooner Sports Daily on Instagram and at underscore Jalen Ross on Twitter.